then other people see that informality. If you just hit the forward button, they go, oh, cool. Next time I see him, I know his nickname is, you know, Booger. And I'm going to call him Booger. Learn more about the art and science of account management. Pick up a copy of A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting, a tactical guide to client management. Digital and print editions available at Amazon or your favorite bookseller. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Account Management, a tactical guide to success. You got Fred Fuller here on the other side of the table, the one, the only, the good Dr. John Brown. Doctor. Wow. Yep. Did I get a promotion during the break? You did. Wow. You did. What am I? What am I a doctor of? Um, Don't say anything inappropriate. no, I can't. I can't. Like now I'm going to, I, all of a sudden I want to call you Maurice. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did call you put me that what? together? Maurice. Maurice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that works. Yeah. You, you know, like the gangster. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I see. Hey, by I the just, way, I have to, before we get started, I have to tell you, I uh, met with um, a friend of mine who's the COO, another technology company COO. Uh, here in Atlanta, and he said he listens to the podcast, and so um, I'll just uh, so I'll say uh, thank you, Scott, for listening to the podcast. But anyway, he said he said you and I had good banter or good chemistry, and I and I said Fred Fuller, yeah, right. No, that guy, yeah, he he's hard to conversate with. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That that was yeah. that was that was my response. But uh, yeah, I I, I've listener. I've gotten that feedback as well, uh, which which makes this thing feel nothing at all like work. This is actually a, a wonderful hobby. Yeah, it is a wonderful hobby. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, in you know, I, I've, in, during the break, I got comments from several people about that they appreciate us spending time on this you know sort of niche topic, um, which which I appreciate. Right. It's and we've said it before. We said at the beginning when we started the podcast series. But for those who just joined. It's a good reminder for the listeners that the reason we do this is because, you know, there, there's really not you know many books about account management or client success, depending on what you want to call it, you know, as a topic, there's not, there's, there weren't really any podcasts on it. Like, and it's, you know, for any business, I mean, it can be up to 10% of your workforce. It's a big, it's a big deal, but nobody's talking about it. There's a million books about sales. Right. And so this, this podcast is meant for the account manager practitioner if you're new to it or just want to pick up some tips that's that's who it's meant for yeah it's a soft science at best right yeah you can't right. like you, you, right you can't turn it into if a then whatever like it just doesn't work that way a lot of so gray, I, we, we like to say uh at the company meant now a lot of gray there's a lot of gray there's a lot of gray and and the only way that you get through that gray is by having those experiences and and we've had them so kind of you know it's fun to share them right yeah that's right that's right. For yeah. sure. Cool. All right, man. Well, it's good to be back at it. It's been a minute. Um, so today we're going to talk about communications. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're going to do this. Uh, we've got kind of eight. Uh, I'm sorry, nine. <laughs> There's a bonus one. There's nine things <laughs> that we're going to cover. We're going to cover the first five today and then save part two for um a separate podcast, but the um, the five things that we're going to cover today are uh, one: when in doubt, communicate. Love it. Yep. Number two: email is a low context form of communication. What? Number three: be positive. 
Uh, number four, assume all communication will be forwarded. Um, and we're talking mostly about email there. And number five, uh, leverage technology to fix grammar and usage. Next podcast is six. We'll talk about um, any emotional communications wait overnight as a, as a minimum. Um, number seven, know your audience. Uh, number eight, if all else fails, just listen. <laughs> Everybody remember yeah. our, our first um, uh, kind of preceptive account management uh, you know, uh, listen first and talk later. Yeah. Uh, and then number nine, other tactics. Oh, and dude. so, so we're busting this up though. This is a two-parter. Two-parter. You yeah, get two for the price of one. Man, this is, we're getting sophisticated here. You're right. Well, watch out. Right. It gets deep. It gets deep. Um, well, well, let's jump in then. Right. Uh, I, first of all, just kind of as a, I think a general statement getting into this topic, Communication is the number one thing that you do. Yeah. As an, as an account manager, that is your job. Yeah. The, the, no question about it. It's, it's just, it's your day in and day out. What, what you're kind of doing all day long and whether that's phone, email, now it's zoom, you know, whatever. It's just, um, it's just central to everything. Right. And so with that then comes, well, let me, let's talk. I'm going to, I'm going to share a quick story, actually jumping into this. Yeah, please. Communication. So early in my career, I worked for an organization and, and uh, the CFO came by my desk and he said, Hey, you, you have a background in stats. I want you to run our organization's first six Sigma project. I was like, yes. You're not who I'd pick for that. It, well, (laughs) stick with it. Stick with it. It, it, Okay. um, Sorry. Keep going. No, it, it's true. It's true. It's true. And, and it was, it was actually, it was the moment uh, it, that would be the experience that taught me a, a project management is not a, that's not the long game for me. That's not where I'm headed. <laughs> right. right. Like yeah. we need you to keep up with a lot of details. Yeah. Maybe account management is better for you. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So a point well made, but anyway, to his, to his, uh, you know, against his better judgment. Um, so I get, I get to run the first six Sigma project. There is no shortage of visibility, right? I mean, everybody, the CFO is on it and he goes down, you know, one or two rungs and this is a publicly traded organization. It's not mm-hmm. the biggest company in the world, but, but it, you know, I mean, this is, is real, right? It's grown up stuff. And, uh, and what I didn't realize was sort of the level of weight that this project carried for everybody else. For me, it was my job coming from the guy at the top. And so this was right. like almost like a sink or swim thing kind of for me. But I thought for everybody else, they were just kind of participating in a project. I didn't realize that they had that same sort of emotional interest in yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. And that's important. And I bring that up because when you're communicating with people, it, we talk about it being really important to know where they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So l- long story short. It's Friday afternoon. I'm sending out the status app update and I'm got, you know, the, the 15 things that are going on and everybody's on point and everything's wonderful. And there's one thing that's outstanding. And so I just listed as a bullet instead of chasing people around at 430 on a Friday afternoon. And by the way, the update was wonderful. Right. The update was great. It wasn't like, hey, we didn't know what we were doing this week and we're making up a bunch of words mm-hmm. like we made a lot of progress. Everything was good. So with that last bullet point, I just put it in there and I said, 
you know, um, you know, pending this information. And when I sent the email, I sent it to a big distribution. I didn't think there was anything in there that was crazy. And I sent it and probably 30 minutes later, it's a reply all from the guy that was responsible for that outstanding bullet point. And he just grilled me like 10 different ways about why he couldn't have that information and why I was wrong and just nuts. Mm-hmm. The guy went, the guy just went over the top and I was like, what just happened? Right. And I, I mean, I just, I couldn't put it together. And then, and then I got really mad because like he called me out in front of everybody and I think you deserved it. And I, and I did. No, I'm just, I'm joking, but no, no, no. So, so anyway, about doing the, um, you know, in, in my follow-up, I, I just, I didn't do anything about it over the weekend. I wanted to reply to everybody and kind of rebut his rebuttal and all this right. sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. And so, um, rebut his rebuttal. That's great. It's like a, like debate, high school debate. Yeah. Well that it, and it's funny you say that because that's what it turns into. Right. Right. If you're not careful. So in that, in that communication, um, if you're not careful, the, you turn that into a, a couple of, you know, like 10 year olds going back and forth, Nuh-uh, your fault, Nuh-uh, your fault. Right. Right? right. And so anyway, I waited and then, and then when I got with him and I, I said, said, Hey, why, why, why did we do this? Like what happened? And he explained how he thought my email was calling him. And I was like, well, it wasn't the case. And I just begged him. I said, look, we're going to work on this project together henceforth and forevermore. Can you please just pick up the phone and call me if you mm-hmm. have a question about something? Can we do that? Like, that's just a general respect kind of thing. And, and if he would have done it, we, the whole thing would have been avoided. And the right. truth is, regardless of whether I replied or not, it just, both of us looked a little bit poor because, you know, we just could have been better. Right. Right. And so you communicate your intent and communicate what you're after. And the, just the communication can blow everything up in a nanosecond based on misinterpretation, based on being in a hurry. It is the epicenter of everything that you do. And that and that moment, thankfully, it kind of it resolved itself in a good way because it it really set the stage for what was going to be, you know, a nine month relationship as we engage on this project. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, perfect story. And. How many times in client relationships can you tell almost basically the exact same story? Like if you do B2B client management um, for any kind of company, how many times has that happened? Like if you're an experienced account manager, how many times has that happened to you? Like it's, it's crazy how often it happens. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's a lesson that we all have to learn multiple times over. (laughs) Yeah. Still learning. Hopefully one day uh, you'll get that perfect, but yeah. It's uh, it's so true when it's number two on this list. And we're going to talk about what to do about it, which is um, really important. So so jumping into the list, then number one, when in doubt, communicate. Yeah, the the time to communicate is if it even occurs to you at all. Right. So the thing I always train account managers on is. Like if the thought occurs to you 99% of the time, you probably should communicate. Now that doesn't mean rush right to your keyboard and dash off a not, not thought out email. If it's a sensitive topic, if it's not a sensitive topic, um, then yes, dash, you know, run to your computer and dash off a, a quick message or even better, maybe even call someone or go to a higher form of communication. But the point being, if it even occurs to you, then it's extremely likely you should go communicate. You know, versus, hey, should I tell the client, blah, blah, blah? Well, did you think of it? 
did you think they might need to know? Yeah. Well then, you know, that's your tell. Yeah. Would you want to know? There's a question you can ask in that situation. Oftentimes, would you want to know? Yeah. Perfect. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. That'd be interesting to me. Oh, okay. Then the client probably thinks that's interesting too. Right. Right. Yeah. So go do it. But, but you also then are obligated to bet that out, whatever that is. Yes. Well, which leads to number two, very, very, very quickly joined to number one, which is email is a low context form of communication. And this is actually one of our kind of six operating principles that we talk about at the beginning of podcasts. And, um, you know, we say email is a low context form of communication. Um, Pick up the phone instead or do something else instead. Do, Do a higher form of communication. Um, I, t- I tell my account managers when we when we train on this, that email is the lowest context form of communication other than farting. <laughs> OK, were you just see- trying to see if I was awake? I, I, I've been saving yeah. that one to see like if yeah. I could get you to laugh. Yeah, that was you got me. I, I don't know where that came out of nowhere. I was <laughs> expecting smoke signals or something. You know, uh, no pun intended. Uh, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Now it is. I mean, you think about what I'm saying, right? Like, uh, all right, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's super, it's a super low context form of communication. Like your intent and meaning is it's really hard to discern um, from just the words that are written on the, on the page. I'll give you here. Let me give you an example sentence and let's say it different ways and you can, and it will change the interpretation of it. So, Here's the sentence. We need to take ownership of this problem. Let's say you sent that sentence to a client, right? Here's different ways to read it. Uh, We need to take ownership of this problem or we need to take ownership of this problem. Yep. Right. Those are two totally different meanings and they're very subtle. Who's the we in that sentence? Is it the royal we, meaning you, Mr. Client, needs to take ownership of that problem and you're part of the, you're by, which means by definition, you're part of the problem? Um, or did it mean we, uh, the company, the, the vendor, you, the account manager, need to take ownership of this problem? What, you know, what does that sentence mean, right? Like right. You, you just how the tone of how you read it can change and how the messenger actually reads that tone is totally different maybe than what you meant when you sent it. Yeah. It, you know, I, I'll, I'll give you a really good practical example. Yeah. Um, the um, you're sending a note to a client or somebody and you're commenting on the weather outside, just, mm-hmm. you know, it's a beautiful day here. Right. And you send that off and your client is in Ohio. Mm-hmm. and your client gets that, your client has no idea how to read that. If you're sincere, it's a beautiful day there. Mm-hmm. If it's pouring cats and dogs, uh, beautiful day here. <laughs> right? Right. Like, it, right. It's, a funny, it's a funny exercise, and those are extremes, and so it's easy to kind of discount it. But the reality is this is super, super real. This is really easy, super real in terms of the intent and the tone and the relationship, right? If If... If you're communicating with somebody who, you know, is three years out of college, the tone you use with them should be very different than the tone you use with a peer, right? Like they're, yeah. it, and, and that's internal, that's external and internally that's important. Externally, it's twice as important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. 
I always tell people like you should just assume that however you sent the email it'll be interpreted to the negative by about 30%. Right. Mm. So that sentence about, um, you know, uh, we need to take ownership of this problem. Like they'll read that in a negative tone of voice to themselves. Um, you know, just assume that that's going to be the case. And so it, it makes, you know, it's that low, uh, it's that low context um, stuff. Yeah, yeah it is. So follow it up with a phone call. That's right. Well, if yeah. you need to, right? Um, but if you're going to do that, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, you communicate via email. And we all have to. It's critical. Um, then, then one of the keys to that, and in any communication, is to be positive. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, like that we need to take ownership of this problem and that 30% negative is a good, um, you know, that's a good way to, to think about that. So you have to kind of overly, uh, there's actually two things you need to do to kind of reduce the low context nature of the communication. One is be positive, right? So kind of write it in an overly positive way. The other thing um, that we need to talk about is bottom line up front, right? So oh, yeah. you, the more, the shorter your email is, the more likely it is you're not going to accidentally put something in there that uh, will um, get you in trouble later. Right. So, uh, so that's the other piece, be positive and bottom line up front. So, uh, so it's, as we discussed earlier about me being a poor choice to be a PM, um, <laughs> the, the, the detail of, and, and the rigor with which I enforce many of the things we talk about, kind of ebb and flow on the moment. And they should, mm -hmm. there are a few things uh, in here and they're here. They're in today's topic that I get kind of vigilant about bottom line up front is one of them. Yep. And so even in my emails and it's, it's it, anybody that knows me, that's listening to this, go look at the email and you go, Oh my God, Ooh, he really does do that all the time. Hey, how are you? I am writing to, I literally, mm -hmm. I am writing to discuss. I am right. Like I'm writing to see if you're in that. That's what it is. Right. And, and then that person can decide how much time and energy they want to invest in it. But there's no kind of getting to the end of an email. And you taught me this one time and I, I'd sent out an email and you, you came to me and you're like, uh, dude, that this is a total jump ball. <laughs> the jump okay. ball. The jump ball and, and a little different than what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. But the point is be concise in your emails and what you're trying to achieve. What's the point of the email, right? So that bottom line up front is one that I actually have a good bit of passion around. Yeah, good. It's it's really critically important. And you can the reason to bring it both up together is um, being positive and bottom line up front is you need to you need to do both. You need to do them together. And if you are concise and you tell the reader what the important thing is right from the beginning, um, they will appreciate you a lot more because they have 30 dozen emails in their email box, right? So they're really pleased you're you're getting right to the point. That way they can, can decide. You, you said it exactly right, particularly for executives. They need to decide how important this is right from the get-go, right? And so part of making their life easier and making a positive experience for them is letting them know what this is about and how important it is kind of really in the first sentence or two. And then, you know, and then kind of going on from there, um, keeping it positive. And so if you do that and you keep it really brief and short and positive, 
your email experience on the other end is so much better. I, you know, it's funny as uh, thinking about this topic, there's a ton of articles on the internet about like how to write a good email. And it always starts with stuff that I think is dumb. Like, um, I don't know. It talks about like make the subject line really great. And I'm like, I think people always miss the most important part of writing a good email, which is um, just starting with that bottom line up front and being super positive. Like I, th- that's my belief. Like nobody talks about that in any of those articles. No, look, the, the thing about this topic, communication in the bottom line up front and how to be concise and precise and all those things, it goes, it, it is your, it, it impacts your career. Yeah. Period. You can talk about it in the context of account management, but right now, right here, you can bet your bottom dollar that these skills will have bearing on where your career goes. If you want to yeah. go in that management senior leadership track and you may not want to, and that's cool, right? But if that's the route you want to go, like these are skills that will be critical. You know, here's a I, let me read an example. And this is from our book. Oh, uh, I, it, we have a book. Yes, it's called A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting. Yeah, available it's only on Amazon. <laughs> that was a really good plug. It's like it? a bestseller ever. <laughs> um Actually, all right, let me, let me read an example of what we're saying when we're saying bottom line up front. Here, let me read the example of here's what a typical email is, and it's like a technology company example. Here's the typical email. I went to a meeting today, and we talked about the upcoming IT audits. One of the things we talked about was the client's InfoSec audit. I think you all know that we're thinking about up, that they are thinking about upgrading their standards and that they're sending a big team to do the audit. What we didn't know is the new standards will require us to change how we manage our VPN routing. So the VP um, of IT spent some time telling us that we might as well start soon reconfiguring the router. We brainstormed and kicked around some ideas and we agreed that we'll need to upgrade to a new software vendor and have it installed by June. So what's wrong with that? Well, it's super long. What's wrong with it is it's telling a story. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, um, I here's, here's something funny. I had, a, I knew this executive a couple of companies ago I was at. And he, whenever you asked him like how the meeting went with the client, he would go launch the whole story of the whole meeting from start to finish. He would tell you the story of the meeting. Well, we got there and they had uh, danishes instead of donuts. And then the first thing I said was this, and then they said this and, and they're like, Oh my goodness. Can you just, can you summarize that for me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that email is. It's not a summary. It's a story, right? They're, they're starting at the beginning and so here's a better version with the bottom line up front. So I'm going to read this. We will up here. It starts, you know, dear team, whatever we will upgrade our VPN routing software to a new vendor and complete installation by June. Uh, point one, the client's upcoming InfoSec audit requires new upgrade standards. Point two, they are sending a large team to ensure the standard. Point three, we will begin immediately. Right. So, so he t- literally took the end of that whole first story, made that the first sentence, and then gave the supporting material in a much more brief form underneath and said, we're doing, you know, it started with, we're doing this. Here's yep. why. The end. Yeah. And, That's you know, it. and that wasn't, and maybe I could make that a little more positive, but I, you know, I wouldn't interpret any of that, you know, necessarily to the negative. Um, you could maybe end, end the whole thing with, we're really excited about this project. I hope you are too. It's going to be really great. Yeah. The, w- what's interesting, and here's another kind of uh, North Star, if you will, as you think about the emails and things of this nature. If you ever get one 
and your reply is, do you need me to do anything here? <laughs> that's a bad email. Yes. Wow. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a bad email. And right. don't write them yourself. Don't send those out. If somebody replies to you, any email you send and says, hey, what do you need me to do here? Or how can I help? Then you have not done an effective job communicating because they don't know what they were supposed to get out of that email. You know, a lot of times when I write an email, I will say at the very beginning, if it's just informational, I'll say, this is an FYI. I don't need you to do anything. Yeah. Because as an executive, I want that from other people. Like I'm, I'm with you. A lot of times I'm like, hey, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, it's super important. Bottom line up front. Absolutely. Be positive. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a couple of keys to the whole be positive thing. Yeah. Uh, my one is always uh, no negativity to individuals or groups. Right. So kind of like, well, um, your customer care team, you know, didn't accomplish this. So therefore, blah, blah. You need to reframe that as, hey, you know what the there's a lot of ways to reframe it. But what the customer care team, what your customer care team will need to do next is right. That's reframing what they didn't do into what needs to happen. Right. Or, or, or you don't even need to call out the customer care team. Right. This did depending on the happen. situation. Right. The thing didn't happen. What we're doing is working with the customer care team to blah, blah, blah. There you go. Perfect. Right. Like you have completely reframed that completely reframed that from a, a complaint and a rant and a, somebody didn't do something to a, to a status update that has a subtext of, I need you to help me hold the customer care team accountable. Mm -hmm. That's what you did right there. Yep. And you didn't have to say those words. You didn't have to write them down. Right. You didn't have to say it that way. You can say right. it a different way. What, yeah, what's well, your, what's your key to being positive? Uh, oh, taking ownership of the problem. Mm -hmm. That like when, when, when there is a problem, then take ownership. Don't, first of all, there's, and when I think of taking ownership of the problem, there's two forms, right? That one is taking ownership of resolution, right? But the other is owning the problem itself. Maybe it's already resolved itself and you have to communicate thus and such happened, thus and such has been resolved. If it is something that is a responsibility of my organization, I, it, I am responsible for this. And I'm working internally to make sure it never happens again. Mm -hmm. I don't call out the customer care team. There's no value in that. Right. 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 And, and the client knows or whatever. Right. But I just I take ownership of that. And, and I think people respect it. Right. Like that's a stand up dude. I know he didn't have anything to do with that issue. He doesn't push the buttons. He doesn't write the code. He doesn't do the, that is not his thing, but he just stood up and said, yep, the buck stops here. I got this. You guys can yell at me. I'll be the pin cushion. That's part yeah. of my job. That's all cool. And I'm going to protect the folks behind me. And when you do that, you build trust internally, right? And all comes back to yeah. trust. And when yeah. you do that, you build that internal trust and you build a team that is willing to stand behind you and go through some really tough stuff because they know that they're always going to be protected. That's awesome. I, it, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, that is part of keeping it positive. You're kind of stealing the negativity out of it yourself by saying, hey, this is a this is a problem with my company. I'm taking ownership of it. It's really great. Are our listeners going to know what a pincushion is? I love that analogy, but I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I'm thinking of my, like my grandma had one of those, I don't, you know, 
in a, <laughs> not a very modern reference. You're old Grandma, is what I'm saying. Grandma Frankie. I was in a meeting the other day and some dude referenced a Pinto. He said, do you want a Ferrari or do you want a Pinto? And I was like, you know, we're the only ones that know. We're the only two people in the room that know what a Pinto is. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and start talking about your Davenport and your dungarees? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. More, more old, old person references. Yeah. That's how people stop. All right. So we're always going to be positive. Always going to be positive. And and then uh, the next one is assume the communication will be forwarded. Yeah, this is a little bit. So there's a little bit of a section about forwarding. And again, we're talking a lot about email. You know, there's a lot of different communication methods with clients these days. But, you know, I think email is the commonality. Not everybody is on Slack or, you know, whatever the latest thing is. Um, and so a lot of you, a lot of client communication still is happening in the email because everybody's on it. Um, and so at least all the aforementioned uh, challenges. One of the biggest challenges is it is forwarded um, and it's forwarded in a way where you can't see who it's forwarded to. And so the point here is assume whatever you write, particularly if you do, if you mess it up and you do something really negative uh, that affects the, that makes the client feel negative, they're going to forward it right to their boss. Right. And say, look at these guys, they're terrible. And then you're in trouble. I, and I'll tell you this, when we wrote the book, 100% assume it will be forwarded. Assume it will be forwarded. I, Anything I can, you I can change the angle on that a little bit right now. And I think it's super relevant. And mm-hmm. that is if you were doing a screen share and it popped up on your screen, would you be embarrassed? Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it's with the client or not. So if you're in your Slack channel going, that shit, like, mm-hmm. no, don't. Right. If you accidentally did a screen share and accidentally the Slack or the email or whatever popped up and came through there, is there something in there that would be embarrassing because of because of the professionalism, because of the tone? Yeah. Right. And and if the answer to that is yes, then you really, really need to think about really need to be putting it. that in, in writing. Yeah. I uh, my rule is um, similar. Mine is uh, would it be OK with my mom saying this? Yeah. She you know, that's a good test. She was a prison warden, so it's it's OK. It's a pretty, that's a, that's a high, a high bar, a low bar. I don't yeah, know what well, that is, but we'll, we'll save that for the end of the podcast. Um, yeah. So, right. Assume it'll be four, but there's a corollary to that, which we, which I know you're passionate about, which is when you get an email from a client and they're maybe sending some flames your way, or even just any kind of ordinary email from the client, that's not necessarily licensed for you to do the exact same thing as the account manager. Mm-mm. Right. I know you have strong feelings about this. I, I do have very, very strong feelings about that. So the, um, one, one of my experiences in that regard, um, I, I saw a communication. So when, when people, what happens is people communicate with each other and it it becomes regular and it becomes comfortable. And I think it should be comfortable and you definitely need to be respectful of that because that's how you do build stronger bonds and so forth. There need to, if nothing else, there should be a periodic check-in or something about the relationship that communicates you understand what the relationship is, regardless, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and one of the one of the best examples I've seen of this was uh, was an internal example of a gentleman that ran the what is the largest and strongest uh, business unit in, in the entire company. He was the man. 
he was the cat's pajamas. And I saw him send an email to the CFO and he, he hit it in the same fashion that I would have expected a, a, a really young associate to do it. It was, you know, I mean, it was, it wasn't Mr. Whatever, but it was, Hey, Paul, hope you're doing well. Here are the numbers you requested. Here's where I pulled them from. They should tie out to this. Please let me know if you need anything out. Like it was, there was a level of decorum and respect that I was like, Oh, because he could, this guy had swag made or swagger or whatever. Like he could have, he could have kind of get away with the lighthearted, Hey, here it is. Blah. Mm. Right. And that was his style, by the way, like that was his default style mm. was super casual and blah, 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 blah. But he, but he chose a different path. And, and it, and it dawned on me, like you always need to have that level of respect for, for things around you. And you and I come from the military background mm-hmm. where there's something, there's something in our core that, that, you know, speaks to that, but, uh, you know, beyond that, like you, you still need to be respectful and understand the roles and who's who Yeah, and, and you know, right. Yeah. I mean like, yeah. And what we're saying here is as an account manager, you know, client emails you and, you know, send some flames your way. That's not licensed for you to just forward it to your operations team or your technology team and say, Hey, what are we going to do about this? Right. Like that, that, that's too, that doesn't do any of the things that you just talked about in terms of adding a layer to it of, um, one, you know, uh, um, summarizing two being positive three, giving direction, right. We talk a lot about account managers are the lead for the business. Um, you know, you're your own mini CEO, you need to lead your internal team. You don't just forward something and say, Hey, what are we going to do about this? First of all, that means they've got to read down the whole email chain and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've just wasted their time by doing that. Right. Um, two, you didn't give them any direction and say, okay, here's what I think we ought to do. Uh, three, it's super negative. Like they're going to see the flames from the client or whatever and say, and be there, it's going to bum out their whole day. Right. Um, and, you know, now they're super focused on that instead of whatever it is they're supposed to be doing for their their job. Right. You, you as an account manager didn't add any value when you just forwarded that email directly from the client. Like five minutes after you got it, you forwarded. Hey, what's going What are we going to do about this? That it, well, this boils down to the, the question of are you going to be a pump or a filter? Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> that's a good Navy. That's a good Navy uh, term right there. It is, but like that, that's your job at this moment. You are one of those two things. You're, you're not anything in between. You are one of those two things. You are a pump in which case you're just going to blast that thing forward and say, somebody give me a solution by 12 o'clock today, or you're going to be a filter to say, okay, looks like we have a challenge. Let's pull up. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what's going to happen. Don't assume a big backstory. Don't assume, you know, like, and do you forward it? No, probably not. You probably craft your own note and say, here's my understanding of the situation. Like, let's do, yeah, that, that's your job. Yeah. Your job. You know, and in your executive's example, he didn't just take the inputs from his team and just forward it to the CFO say, here, here you go. He said, okay. Um, Hey, I'm addressing you respectfully. Um, here's the deliverable you asked for. Here's some more context. If you need more help, I'm here to help. Like I'm not all that. Um, and and he put he put some context around it and some direction, and that's appropriate even for senior executives, and certainly appropriate for an account manager. Absolutely. 
Right. Absolutely. And, and the other, the other thing, if your client is, is informal with you, right. And that somehow gets forwarded out to the team, but they don't understand that this is the way this works, meaning he can be informal. We still need to have a level of decorum about ourselves. Then other people see that informality. If you just hit the forward button, they go, Oh, cool. Next time I see him, I know his nickname is, you know, booger. And I'm going to call him booger. And you're like, no, I don't, you're not going to call the client booger. Let's don't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I can't get over your nickname, but I, <laughs> That would be an unusual uh, nickname. Yeah, you know, there's. Uh, this is really important. Like, there's like, um, it's context setting. So, you know, when you just forward that email directly to, uh, you know, whoever your internal team and say, "Hey, can you believe Booger sent this email?" <laughs> to use your example, it, it, it does a couple of really negative things. One is your cl- your cl- your internal team. Uh, to your point may pick up on your negativity about the client and accidentally let that slip later and really mess you up, right? Like that could be a real problem. But two, they may not, it may be that um, they don't have the context to realize like the client is upset about this one issue, but the overall relationship with the client is excellent. And the reason we need to fix this one small issue is we just want to maintain, you know, we're at a hundred percent of all of our SLAs or whatever. And, you know, and so it's, it's all about, you know, being a little bit better, it's, it, this is not a catastrophe, not a disaster, you know, setting that context, um, you know, cause if you don't do that, then the, they're going to be in a meeting with the client. They're going to blurt out something about how everything's a mess. And oh, by the way, your name is Booger. Right. <laughs> should I, I'm starting to think I should have used, a, I'm starting to think I should have used a better example on that. <laughs> Scooter. I don't know. It's, it's way, way too late. <laughs> we can't redo that. We, we, can't, no. we can't fix this in post. No, there's no, it's too long. It's too complicated. It can't be fixed. We're stuck with the client's nickname is Booger. It's part of the fabric. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, um, if Don't do once, that. once you know the client's nickname and share that with the rest of the organization, uh, don't do that. Yeah. Um, the, the next thing is, you. What do you, how do you want those emails to look? You want them to be uh, grammatically and usage wise uh, correct as much as possible, you know, we're um, so that just to maintain professionalism. And so, you know, we're not going to make you read strunk and white um, and try to learn all the things about grammar. You know, that's that's not what we're about. What we instead suggest is that there are tons of available technology tools to help you with this. And it actually is really important if you're not already a great writer. Um, and you don't do this, it, it shows through. And trust me, there's people who read it and they, they won't think well of you if you don't have good grammar, good spelling uh, and usage. It is, a, it is a problem for an account manager. Um, so I highly, highly advise that, you know, unless you're, you know, really good, English is your first language, um, it, you know, that you use these tools or whatever language you're in that you use the tools yeah. anyway, right? And, um, and so, um, Microsoft Word and other kind of available or, um, programs like that, and even sometimes email programs like Outlook, sometimes come with some of these tools, but not always. And um, so it, it definitely invest in them. But you know, Microsoft Word. I mean, you can you can paste an email to Microsoft Word, and it has tools in there that are things like the um, Fleisch Readability Index 
that will actually kind of rate how readable your email is. Um, a lot of times now it, it actually will will help you correct for uh, syntax as well as spelling. Spelling is obvious. I, I assume we don't have to say you need to spell check all your stuff. Like, let's just go with like, that's obvious. But, you know, syntax and usage, um, it'll correct for all of that. There's other tools out there like Grammarly is a really good one that um, it usually can be like a plugin into your software and it'll spot all those same things for you. Um, we use Grammarly uh, to, to write our book, as a matter of fact, like to catch things that, you know, as you're writing, you, you don't catch. So um, so we, we strongly advise that you use those tools. Yeah. And look, you know, I, I do a good bit of writing and, and mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without those tools. Yeah. I still don't know where the heck to put a comma. Um, yeah. So yeah. like, you know, admit it and own it and do it like, fine. It makes you look better. They now like I had to suffer in silence for years. You have these tools now. Why wouldn't you use them? Um, right. It, it's yeah. yeah. They're not expensive. Go, go get it, buy it and expense it. If you have to, for your company, it's, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. There's no excuse anymore for like a comma in the, you know, in the wrong place. And these things catch all that. It's amazing what they can do. Well, I'll make one of those things earn its money. <laughs> what if the, what if you had to pay for them by the correction? Uh, well, yeah, then I be poor. I need to sell a hell of a lot more books. <laughs> That's what I need to do. Yeah. Uh, so cool, man. This is I love this topic. And again, this is one of two. So um, we're kind of at the end of the list here. Uh, hit the, the recap for you. And then I think we're going to jump in, into the uh, maybe into the mailbag. I Ooh, think I don't know. Mailbag. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. So, uh, but as a, as a matter of recap, communication in general, one of the most important things you can do it is the most important thing an account manager does mm-hmm. and you must be good at it. And end of conversation. That's right. And John, what are the ways that we do that? Six things. When in doubt, um, if you think of it, communicate. Uh, number two, email is a low context form of communication. It's the, it's the lowest next to what? Uh, carrier. Oh no. Yeah. Farting. Yeah. Why, why are we so gross in this episode? I don't, I don't know what, I don't know. We're, we're having a 12 year old moment. Apparently. Yeah. We really are uh, having a 12 year old moment. All right. Yeah. Uh, Be, be pot. Number three, be positive. Number four, assume your communication will be forwarded. And Oh, by the way, don't use that as license to immediately forward everything that you get. Uh, a number five leverage technology to fix grammar and usage. Boom. Okay, Fred, guess what it's time for now? What is it, John? It's time to open the mailbag. (laughs) I just opened it. (laughs) No, the the better part is uh, our inability to uh, be decent um, voice talent. Yeah, we're 12-year-olds this episode. I don't know why, but we need to get that. All right. All right. So... um, uh, the, uh, the first email is from a listener, uh, Ian, who just, um, it's not a question, but he sent a really nice email. So we thought we'd mention it. Uh, your podcast has been very helpful navigating my first few months as an account manager. Um, and, um, oh no, it is a question. Sorry. So Ian asks, here's their question. I'm curious if you have, um, your book is on the way to me right now. I'm curious if you have any other resources or people you recommend. I've not found any podcasts that come close to how you approach the subject of client account management, found a few on client success, key account management, but they don't seem to come close to where I spend my day to day. Who do you recommend? Uh, so that's the, that's the question. 
What do you got for yeah. me? My, my, my go-to is, and I know it's weird because it's not like an account management sort of discipline, discipline or philosophy, but uh, the, how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a, it just builds a really, really solid foundation for how to build relationships. Yeah. And so uh, I think if you can take that and it's got some very, very practical, like, you know, like repeat their name back to them. People like to hear their name. Yeah. Like, okay, that's not hard. Like if you take that and focus on that sincerely for a week and make that part of your thing. And then you, so that that's one of the, that's one of my resources that I think yeah. has been the most helpful, but. Yeah. My answer is a little bit along with yours. Like I, I, I would tell you, I mean, the reason we wrote this book and the reason we have this podcast is we, we both of us felt like there wasn't much on this topic. There's a lot of kind of books about, you know, success with clients, but they tend to be very sales oriented. Um, and, and Ian's point about there's just not much here where that comes close to where I spend my day to day. I mean, that's, that's why we wrote this book. Like there's, there's really not much good out there. Um, and so what you're saying is like there's source material and how to win friends and influence people, which is an excellent, excellent book. I highly recommend it by the way. And I think a lot of our stuff comes from that book. The other book that I recommend that's also source material is the seven habits of highly effective people. Yep. There's quite a bit from our stuff that kind of, uh, originates there. Um, and then if you buy the book in the back, there's a list of other kind of source material things that, you know, feed into how to be a good account manager. Um, so we're not going to read them all here, but like we list kind of a bunch of books about, um, how to negotiate, for example, um, how to, how to set goals, um, you know, how to communicate, like there's a lot of source. So we, there's like all those source materials in the back of our book. And so we would recommend you go read all those, but I, I would say there's not, I would agree with the, the, uh, with Ian, there's just not a lot of good stuff out there. I do love that in this email. And it sounds like we're, you know, we're doing a commercial right now and we wrote this. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. We've, we've really, it, we've but, been 12 year olds and we've really hawked the book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And mm-hmm. I got a guy named, Booger. Um, no, but I love what he says here. This is, and it's flattering, which is found a few on client success, key amount count management and so forth, but they don't seem to come close to where I spend my day to day. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's really refreshing to, to hear that feedback of like, cool. Then we're talking about the things that people can turn around and go, okay, let me think about this and, and apply it. And you, it's right. real stuff with real results that we have done. Like there's not a thing that we talk about that we have not done firsthand. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, that's my answer to the question is like source material. There's a list in our book of source material. Go, go there. Um, yeah. It's not, you know, it's not coming from anywhere else. Yeah. Well, and also I would say to Ian, one last thing, which would be if you have specific issues or questions and things that we are not solving for, then send us another email and tell us what those are. That's right. Right. Yeah. Go to our uh, website at fuller-brown.com and you, um, uh, we have some blog posts and it has all the podcasts and so on and so forth, but then you can submit a, a quite a specific question there. We can answer it, which is great. And then, uh, the other, um, uh, piece of mail was really a uh, nice one from, uh, Filippo said, uh, really recently made a career change into account management after 10 years of working functional roles. And, um, just want to say your book is an inspiration. 
uh, been using it extensively to prepare before starting the new job and now on a daily basis to go and learn how to improve when facing practical client related situations, which is perfect. That's exactly what we're trying to do. So thank you, Filippo. That is exactly uh, what we're trying to do here. And you're the perfect candidate for our book. So I'm so glad that you found it. And uh, please uh, tell your friends about it and on the social medias and the TikToks. <laughs> what is going on this episode? What is happening? The TikToks, booger, fart. I, Can we please wrap this thing up? We're going to need to re-record the whole thing. It's My been a catastrophe is. from start to finish. Um, your pan. These people deserve better. Yeah, it's it's been no, it's been a great episode. I it's such a such an important, great topic, and um, and I'm excited to continue it in uh, part two, where we're going to talk about the uh, go from uh, five through however many through nine, and talk about the rest of communication. So important. Yeah, cool. Well, look, uh, we we apologize. It's been a while since we did uh, our last episode, and so uh, we're back at it now. We're in the mix. We we'll get uh, get another one out here in a few weeks. Send mm-hmm. us those emails. Uh, thank you so much for listening, John Brown, brother. Great, great doing this with you again, man. Such a pleasure. All right, see you guys see you next time. All right, bye. Fred and John would like to hear from you. Go to brown-fuller.com with comments and questions and rate us on your favorite podcast platform.